Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining us at the Zoe LA Podcasts. We are concluding a series today that we have been in called Go Low, talking about the difference between pride and humility. Thank you for every person that has joined us during the series. If you've missed some of the messages, go back on our podcast and catch up with us. We are talking today about a test that every one of us must take every day, and it is called the humility test. Let's jump into this week's message. We are concluding today. We've been talking together as a community. I think this is the longest series that we've ever gone through in the history of our church. We've been talking for a last number of weeks about the difference between pride and humility. And uh, I got to be honest, this series, hopefully, I'm believing has changed my life. And this, this thing has made me look in the mirror and realize there is more pride in my life than I'd like to admit, more pride in my life than I ever really acknowledged before. And I really felt like God had us go through this, but if I can be honest, God had me go through this. And pride, they say, is the only disease that makes everybody else sick besides the person that has it. Pride is that thing that, you know, you always think it's their problem and not your problem. But the more you really look at the scriptures and understand God's will, you start to understand, dang, I got pride in my life. You know, I feel God saying to us as a community that we need to go low. We, we need to be humble. We're leaving this series. Zoe got low, 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 low. Come on. Apple bottom jeans with the boots. That's all I know right there. Zoe got low, low. I'm a dad. I can do whatever I want, okay? But we're doing our best as a community to go low. Pride, they say, is the distance between two people in a relationship. Pride, they say, is the invisible muscle in your neck that makes you stiff. I will not say sorry. I will not tell them I love them. I will not submit to God's authority. Pride will destroy you. The Bible says it this way. Pride comes and then destruction. So whenever you see something decimated, a marriage, a business, a church, a friendship, you can trace it back to the spirit of pride. Pride comes and then the fall. But the Bible says that those that are humble, God gives grace to the humble. God gives his undeserved blessing and his unmerited favor to humble folk. I don't know about you, but I want the grace of God in my life. How about you today? So I refuse to be a prideful person. I want to walk in the spirit of Jesus, which is the spirit of humility. The spirit of humility says, teach me. The spirit of humility says, lead me. The spirit uh, spirit of humility says, not my will, but your will. I got to decrease. You got to increase. It's not about my plan. It's all about your plan. Oh, come on. I know you're clapping on the west side better than the MGC. Everybody clap together if you got faith to go low today. Zoe got low, low, low. Just, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm sorry, I apologize. But we need to 
find a way to tap into humility because have you realized yet how much pride is messing with your life? Are you done paying the toll of pride? Then God had to sit in this subject so we can exhaust every resource available that is valued in the spirit of humility. And I want to end this series with, I think, probably one of the most important messages out of the whole series. And that is that there is a test that's coming your way. And it is right down the title of today's message. It's called the humility test. I don't know about you, but I hated tests growing up. Anybody else hated tests? My favorite subject when I was growing up in school was recess. Somebody say amen. Second favorite subject, lunchtime. Come on, somebody say. Third, P.E. I don't even care if they wrote my name on the back or the front. P.E. I was, your boy was not built to take tests, okay? Oh, the only test I liked was when my desk was close enough to somebody else's desk. Am I preaching to anybody today? And if I got stuck on an island by myself, I always circled D. You know, like A, B, C, or D. None of the above. Let's just try. None of the above. D. I don't know. I wasn't built for test taking, but I just want to give you a heads up. There's a test that's coming your way. And the test is in the subject of pride and humility. And the humility test comes from God. In fact, let me just, let me just read the scripture for, you, for, for today to you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. So just a heads up. God's good hand is coming, and it is coming to humble you. And when God wants to humble you, you can either embrace it or reject it. But every time he comes to humble you, you have a decision to make. Am I going to surrender to God or am I going to do my own thing? Am I going to embrace the test and take the test? Or am I going to reject it and say, no, no, this is my money. Don't talk to me about tithing. This is my relationship. I can live with whoever I want. This is my time. Are you not going to tell me what to do with my time? Every time God starts to come, he comes with his mighty good hand. And the Bible says those that humble themselves under the mighty hand of God, God will in turn exalt him. So God's already made up his mind. He's going to humble you. You have to make up your mind what will be your response. But if you keep skipping the test, the test is going to keep coming your way. But the way that you walk in the fullness of your potential, the way that you walk out God's plan for your life, the way that you tap into your God-given potential is by going low. And God wants all of us to walk in the spirit of humility. This is his plan. This is his will. This is what God wants for you. This is what God wants for me. God wants us to walk humbly. In fact, God even commanded it. Let me show you some more scriptures today. Look at this. Look, look at this verse in Zephaniah chapter two, two, verse three, seek humility. Colossians three, verse 12, put on humility. First Peter five, five, clothe yourself, all of you with humility toward one another. Matthew 18, verse 14. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Write down number one today. God commands us to be humble. The lower we go, the closer we get to fully thriving in life. So if you want to thrive in life, it is not about being peacock, arrogant, proud, haughty, self-assured, 
self-reliant, independent. The lower you go, the closer you get to fully thriving in life. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful today that my God did not call me to barely survive, but by the will of God, I can thrive. He said, the only way you can thrive in life is that when my mighty hand comes to humble you, that you don't reject it, you embrace it. This is easier said than done. I'll never forget when I was a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor for 15 years. And towards the tail end of me being a youth pastor after doing it for almost 13, 14 years, I thought I was past the stage of like riding on the bus with all the kids to summer camp. You know, your boy wanted to get into his Chrysler Sebring and drive to camp. (laughs) Shout out to Michael Scott, the office. And I'll never forget this one year I was forced to get on the bus with all the youth. And I'm like, I did this like 10 years ago. I'm not, I, I shouldn't have to get on the bus anymore. And I'll never forget just sitting on the bus, just fuming, just angry. Like I'm anointed while I'm on a bus. I'm called to preach to the nations. What am I doing on a bus? And I could just see the mighty hand of God. Sit down, be humble. See, the reality is, is that God's not going to bring his mighty hand to humble you one time. It's going to keep happening. It might happen last week. It's going to happen next week. It might have happened in your 20s. It's going to happen in your 40s. God's not done humbling your life so that you can surrender and eventually get into full potential and thriving in your life. Oh, come on, clap today. West Side, clap. If you believe, I can humble myself under the mighty hand of God. Humble myself. I can, I can seek humility. I can put on humility. I can clothe myself in humility. I can be humble towards one another. We can be humble. You know, I was sitting on that bus just seething with anger, going like, God, what am I doing here? And God's like, I've got you exactly where I want you. I'm getting all the pride out of your life. You're conceited and arrogant and self-assured and self-forwarding, and you think you're the man. You're not. And then I had to go low, low. I'm sorry, last one. That was the last one. That was the last one. But the reality is, is that God has this mighty hand, and the Bible says if you humble yourself under his mighty hand, if you decide to embrace it, if you decide to, you know, just, can I get another piece of humble pie? I'm just enjoying this. And, and if you just decide to go low, God says in due time, not in my timing, not in your timing, but in my timing, not when you think it's right, when I think it's right. In due time, if you stay in that submitted sweet spirit, that low spirit in due time, I'll see it and I'll exalt you. See, it's crazy because the spirit of this world says if you don't promote yourself, nobody's going to see you. But God says if you go low, I'll let the world see you. The world says, you got to make it happen. And God's like, if you just trust me, I'll make it happen. you got to humble yourself under the mighty hand. A test is coming your way. And it's the humility test. And when God comes to humble you, will you reject it or will you embrace it? you got to make this decision now. you got to study for the test now. Because I think you can get closer to thriving than you've ever been before. And God did not call you just to do your own thing. He called you to submit to his ways. In fact, write down point number two today. I love this. God is humbling me. Will I embrace it or reject it? Will I surrender, submit, and draw near? Or will I kick against the goats? Kick against the what? Kick against the who? 
Man, I came to church. They're weird at church, man. They were singing about lambs and blood and kicking against goats. I don't know about this church. Kicking against goats is a story found in Acts 17. In Acts 17, there's this guy that's proud. His name is Paul. He's a prideful person. In fact, he's so proud, he kills Christians because he thinks he's better than Christians. And he's on a road called Damascus. He's on his way to go kill more Christians. He's on a path to go murder some believers. And on the path, God accept, intercepts his life. See, I want to encourage you today. You could be doing your own thing, but God, by his grace, will intercept your life. Anybody thankful that you aren't planning on having a collision with Christ today? But God, in his infinite wisdom and his infinite love, said, I got a plan for you. And this guy, Paul, is walking down the road. He gets blinded, and he's like, all of a sudden, like, for the first time, needing help. Watch what God says to him, Acts 17. It says this, sorry, 26. One day on my way to Damascus, armed as always with papers from the high priest, authorizing my actions, right in the middle of the day, a blaze of light, light outshining the sun, poured out of the sky on me and my companions. Oh, king, it was so bright. We fell flat on our faces. Then I heard a voice in Hebrew, Saul, Saul, why are you out to get me? Why do you insist on going against the grain? Of the translations right there use that phrase. Why do you insist on kicking against the goads? What the Bible is saying is, why do you insist on trying to do it your way and doing your thing? And go, I don't know about you. I don't want the way of the world. I don't want what everybody else wants. I don't want my plan and my will. I'm going Jesus' way. I'm going the kingdom of God way. I'm doing, oh, you ought to clap today like you've made the decision to humble yourself before God. And he's saying, why, why, are you, why are you going against the grain? Why are, you going against, why are you going against the grain? Why are you trying to do your own thing, Paul? Paul, why, why, are, you, why are you against me? Why are you, and God, in his love for Paul, he blind, in his mighty hand, he said, I'm going to humble you today. See, God doesn't humble you because he's mad at you. God humbles you because he's madly in love with you. He wasn't mad at Paul. He loved Paul. He loved Paul enough to blind him. God loved you enough to make you broke. God loved you enough to get you broken up with your boyfriend or girlfriend. God loved you enough to get you fired from that J-O-B. Can somebody thank God? He loved me enough to intercept my life. If it not be for God, you would have been dead. If it not be for God, you would have been divorced. If it not be for God, you would not have a job. But by the grace of God, I am who I am. Give him a praise if you're thankful. Thank you that you showed up for Paul. Thank you that you showed up for me. Y'all got me shouting in the 1130. We say in the 930, I use a butter knife, but in the 1130, steak knife. In the 6 p.m., uh, I'm not even going there. I'm not even going there. But the reality is, the reality is, is that Paul is walking with a prideful spirit. He's haughty. He's like, yo, I'm going to take out some believers. I'm going to do my own thing. We're going to kill more Christians. Da, 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 da. I'm the man. And God blinded him and said, hey, why, why, why are you doing this? Why are you grateful that when you're acting like an idiot, that God's like, hey, what are you doing, buddy? Hey, why are you, why are you acting this way? Hey, 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 pal. Hey, hey, buckaroo. Hey, slugger, what are you doing? What are, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you going against the grain? Humility just falls in line with God's will. So when God's might would listen, when the test comes, when the mighty hand of God comes and he wants to humble you, look at, you can do three things. You can submit 
surrender and draw near. You could submit, surrender and draw near. Or you can say, nah, man, <laughs> I'm, not doing the, I'm not doing the Jesus thing. Like maybe I'll show up at church. Maybe I'll like, you know, like read the Bible a little bit. Maybe like, you know, maybe I'll put on my profile like, oh, you know, Philippians 3, 13. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. But like, that's all you're going to get. Okay, that, that's how you want to live. You just keep watching the mighty hand of God coming. He wants to humble you. Because you can't thrive until you walk in humility. God knows your potential. Hear me today. God knows your potential. But he knows you'll never reach your potential living for you. You have to live for God. You have to submit, surrender, and draw near to God. And God says, oh, I see humility. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. And God will do anything to reach you, by the way. There's this one guy in the Bible, his name's Moses. And Moses is like, you know, born from the wrong family kind of deal. And the Bible says that God raised up Moses to be a deliverer. And so Mo, when he was like old enough, God speaks to him and says, Moses, I'm going to use you. And Moses is like, no, you're not. And God's like, no, Moses, I'm going to use you. And he's like, no, nah, fam. And he's like, no, no, you don't understand, God, I stutter. Like, I've got problems. I'm not good enough to be used. If you go low, God will put you in places you never dreamt. If you go low, God will use you beyond your wildest dreams. If you go low, God will take a nobody and use him to tell the world about a somebody. Give him a praise if you want to be used by God. So God raised up Moses. He says, Moses, I want you to go tell Pharaoh. This is when Israel was in, in slavery in Egypt. He said, I want you to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go that they can worship me. So Moses, he's like, ah, I'm not that great, but, but he was humble. And he went low. And so he goes to Pharaoh and he says, God tells you, oh, Pharaoh guy, to let God's people go so they can worship him. And Pharaoh hardened his heart. He said, no way. And so God tells Moses, go give him a plague. And he, and, he, and he sent a plague to Egypt, and, and he's still hard. Ten plagues happen. Do you realize how dumb we are that God can do this, that, and the other, and you're still trying to be prideful? God sent ten plagues to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's like, I'm not apologizing. I'm not repenting. I'm not saying sorry. I'm not doing God's thing. I'm not tithing. I'm not serving. And, and, and so God's like, yeah, do this, and locusts, and, 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 and we're going to, you know, kill the firstborn, and did, did ten plagues. And watch what he says. What, listen, this is crazy. Look at, look at Exodus 10, verse 3. So Moses and Aaron came into Pharaoh and said, thus says the Lord, the God of Hebrews, how long, man, will you refuse to humble yourself before me? How long? Can I just ask you a question today? How long? How, how long are you going to fight with God? How long you going how long this last? Like you're not winning. You do it God's way or there's no way. How long? How long are you going to How long, he says to Pharaoh, how long are you going to try this? It's not working out, is it? Do you recognize the stuff that's going on? Like, that, that was pretty bad, right? It gets, when, when God's heavy hand comes to love you and bless you, it's not because he's mad at you. He wants you to thrive. He has an end game for your life. And he says, how long, bro? How long? And eventually Pharaoh says, yeah, God wins. And he humbles himself and he let Israel go. I want to encourage you today. Let's stop wasting our time and let's start doing God's will. Let's stop being filled with pride. Let's start being humble.
humble people make the decision. I know I'm not perfect. I know I don't have all the answers, but I choose Jesus. When his heavy hand comes, I'm like, God, I'm happy to get under and submit to you and surrender to you and, and, and to draw near to you. I'm not angry about this. I'm not mad about I'm not kicking against the goads. I'm going your way, Jesus. I'm going your way. Write down just a couple things today. Number one, you know, humble people, they, they are dependent. Humble people are very dependent. And prideful people don't like this because prideful want to be, they want to be self-reliant, self-dependent, or independent. They don't want to rely on others. But one of the things I love about humble people is they just know, I know where my source comes from. I know where my help comes from. And so I'm happy to be dependent upon God. Let me just show you a few scriptures. Look at dependence right here. It says this in Matthew 6, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. How about 1 Corinthians 15, 10? But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Acts 17, 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. When you're humble, you're like, God, you're my daily bread. The reason why God did not call you to get weekly bread is because every, you'd have to come to church once a week to get sustenance. But God called you to get daily bread because daily I need worship and daily I need prayer and daily, daily I need my Bible and daily I need my community. It's a daily dependence. So give me my bread today. I need wisdom today and I need favor today and I need purpose today and I need your presence today. So give me my daily bread. It's a good thing for you to depend upon God. Like, I'm happy to keep coming to God every day like, you're everything, I'm nothing. You're, you're my leader, I'm not the leader. I'm a follower, you're the leader. You're the boss, I'm a servant. And I'm happy to depend on you. I cannot get a healing in my own strength. You're my healer. I can't provide my own job, you're my provider. I cannot reconcile the brokenness in my life, you're the reconciliation. Come on, praise him today if you're grateful. I'm happy to depend on God. I'm happy. I'm dependent. I'm dependent. I'm dependent and I'm happy. I'm a dependent upon God. And, I'm, and I, in him I live and move and have my being. But by the grace of God, it's not about what I've built. It's about what he's built in me. It's not about what I've done. It's what he's done through me. And I'm happy. By the grace of God, I am who I am. And I'm praying. I'm believing over your life that you will live so dependent. Unless God shows up, we don't got a shot. Unless God builds my family, we don't got a family. Unless God builds this business, I don't have a business. Unless God builds Zoe Church, we don't got a church. It's being dependent upon God. I'm dependent upon three things in my life. I'm dependent upon Jesus. I'm so dependent upon Julia. She's like, I need you to stop needing me so much. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I kind of like the situation we got going. I need her. I'm dependent upon her. I'm dependent upon my wife. And I'm dependent upon coffee. <laughs> Very dependent upon coffee. I cannot serve God without it. I've always believed that God starts moving when you start drinking coffee. And then it's just like revival. Spirit break out. I'm dependent. I'm dependent. And pr 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 proud people are like, man, I don't need them. I don't need them. I don't need anybody. I don't need, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need a connect group. I don't need no pastor in my life. I don't need, I don't need no friend. I don't need, uh, 
do you understand the places that pride will take you? You're going to wake up one day like, I got to go back to Jesus. You know, when I was walking with Jesus, I felt such peace and I felt such purpose. I felt safe. I was thriving. The enemy's always like, do it on your own. You don't need anybody. Submit to your plan. Submit to your will. God's like, you know, that's a bunch of garbage. Stop kicking against the goats. Follow my plan. Surrender to my will. And I'll do more in you and through you than you ever imagined. Submit, surrender, draw near. I'll do more for you than you can imagine. Humble people are very dependent. Write down the last one today. Humble people know where to get their energy from. They know that their energy comes from God. So the reason why I'm connected to God constantly is because I know that I'm tapping in to the greatest source of power in the world. Tapping into real energy. They do not sell this energy at Air One. If they did, it would cost a lot of money. And I'm into all the stuff, all the, I want ginger shots and elderberry shots and I want immunity shots and I want cold plunges. I want all the cold plunges too. But I'll tell you where my energy comes from. My energy comes from God, the true source of strength. All through the scriptures, all through the scriptures, it talks about life. It talks about vitality. It talks about strength. Worship team, come join me. It talks about all, all, all kinds of vitality. And that's why you need to know Jesus said in John 10, 10, our church is built off this verse, John 10, 10, the evil one came to steal, kill, and destroy. Pride came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It comes from Jesus. That's why David's like, oh man, when I kept silent about my sin, when I was quiet about my sin, when I was prideful, day and night your heavy hand was upon me, the humbling hand of God. My vitality was taken away like the feverish heat of the summer. But when I acknowledged my sin to you, when I humbled myself, you forgave the iniquity of my sin. I'm telling you, when you go low and you come to God, you get, your, you get your pep back. You get your confidence back. You get your strength back. You get your vitality back. And I don't know about you, but I want to walk life going low and filled with God's Spirit. How about you? Look at, look at, look at where it comes from. Isaiah 40. Look at Isaiah 40. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. He increases the power of the weak. It takes humility to come to God and say, God, I feel weak right now and 
God, I feel vulnerable. And God, I'm scared. And God, I don't know the answers. And God, I don't know what the future holds. And God, I don't know what I'm doing, to be honest. And God, I'm not an expert, but I trust in you. He gives strength to the weak. I'm, I'm happy to say I'm weak. Let the weak say I'm strong. I'm strong in God. I'm not strong in my own strength. I'm not coming to God telling how much I got and where I've been and what I've done and who I am. I'm coming to God. I'm desperate. I'm dependent. I am needy. I am submitted. I am surrendered and I'm drawn near. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm happy to be, to go low. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the weak say I'm strong. Prideful people are like, I'm strong. Why would I go weak? Why would I, I'm, I'm already strong. I'm already strong. Why would I say I'm weak? You might be strong in one area of your life. That does not mean that every area of your life doesn't need the grace and the goodness of God. And now let the weak say, I am strong. John 15, I love this scripture. Jesus says seven times, seven times, seven times, abide in me, abide in me, abide in me, abide in me. Other translations say, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me. Stay connected with me. For apart from me, you do no good thing. You can do nothing until you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And when you get humble, you get connected. You ever have your phone plugged in and you think it was charging? And after an hour, you come to your phone and nothing happened for an hour? And you're like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because I think you keep on trying to go to sources that you think are going to give you strength. Have you noticed that what you've been tapping into leaves you more tired and more weary and more exhausted and more depleted, more angry and more disappointed and more upset? But those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise on the wings of an eagle. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Why? They're tapping in to the greatest source of power in the world. And it's the power of the Most High God. Don't you stay proud. Don't you stay proud. Don't you stay proud. We're nothing. We're nobody. Your life is but a vapor. You're here today. You're gone tomorrow. <laughs> Life is short, but eternity's long. And for eternity, I don't want to get to heaven and be like, man, I had a party down there, God, I got to admit. Just doing my thing. It's so fun. I was doing the Macarena, the YMCA, all this stuff. It was amazing. I even learned how to do the electric. It was awesome. I want to get to heaven. I want to tell God, Lord, I was so happy to serve you and to serve your people and to serve your cities and to serve your church. Come on, clap if you're thankful. I'm happy to go low. I'm humbling myself under the mighty hand of God. The mighty hand of God has come in your life and is asking you to go low. And you got a, you got a decision. you got a test. Are you going to embrace it? Or are you going to reject it? Pass the test. Pass the test. Pass the test pass the test and watch God do wonders in your life. Amen. Anybody down to go low? West side, are you down to go low? Come on, stand to your feet together. Come on, let's pray as a church. Come on. Father, we just thank you today.